The 2023 Taipei Security Dialogue was held on Wednesday with President Tsai Ing-wen giving a keynote address. In her speech, Tsai reiterated Taiwan's commitment to self-defense. She highlighted recent efforts to counter China, which include extending mandatory military service to one year and building a submarine domestically. Another speaker at the event was former U.S. Undersecretary of Defense for Policy Michelle Flournoy. Attending via teleconference, Flournoy outlined five ways to tackle challenges posed by China. Now, ladies and gentlemen, please look at the behind the media. The annual Taipei Security Dialogue was held on Wednesday. In attendance were politicians and scholars from around the world who discussed the challenges China posed to global order and democracy. At the opening ceremony, President Tsai Ing-wen underscored Taiwan's determination to defend freedom and democracy. This past September, Taiwan's first indigenous submarine prototype was launched, representing a key milestone in our naval vessel production programs, which was deemed too ambitious to many. All these achievements are testament to our unwavering resolve to defend our country. Tsai listed Taiwan's measures against Chinese encroachment. They include developing submarines domestically, reinstating one year of military service, increasing Taiwan's defense budget, enhancing training for reservists, improving civil defense, and fighting against disinformation. We are taking a comprehensive approach to advancing multi-layered deterrence and self-sufficiency in national defense. The Taiwanese people recognize the importance of safeguarding our homeland, not only to ourselves, but also to our neighbors and partners. It bears reminding that Taiwan's security is tied to the security of Indo-Pacific and the world. Tsai called out to the international community. Former U.S. Undersecretary of Defense for Policy Michelle Flournoy delivered remarks via teleconference. She outlined five measures for countering China, including deterrence, strengthening partnerships, and reducing reliance on the Chinese market. The first, as was mentioned in the introduction, is deterrence. In the late 20s, when deterrence may be tested, um, and we need to be prepared for that and to be confident that um, President Xi, if he does test the waters of using force, that he will conclude that it's too risky uh, and too costly and he cannot succeed. But Flournoy stressed that dialogue with China was still necessary. She said that communication did not mean compromise, but that it could make clear each party's positions and bottom lines and reduce the risk of conflict breaking out. The KMT and Taiwan People's Party remained at odds over who should lead their joint presidential ticket. The TPP's candidate, Cohen Zhe, unveiled three polls on Wednesday, each showing that he's the stronger candidate than the KMT's Hoyo Yi. But KMT Chair Eric Chu dismissed the data, saying that other polls paint a different picture. I'm thinking about how to win the presidential election, while the KMT is thinking about how to beat me. I think it's strange. Why not just go with the ticket that has a better chance at winning? Why go out of your way to produce a ticket that is less likely to win?
TPP presidential candidate Ke Wenzhe has rejected the KMT's two proposals for deciding a presidential ticket. On Wednesday, he furnished poll results conducted by three different agencies. All three showed that Ke would win a three-way race with the DPP's Lai and independent candidate Terry Goh. Only one poll showed that Ho would win in the same three-way race. We have Lai versus Ke and Lai versus Ho. Who has the best chances? You still can't tell? It's very clear. The KMT is proposing its German model and Japanese model just because no matter which of those two we use, they'd come out on top. So then they asked if I want to be part of the plan. In my mind, I thought, why don't you just use a Taiwan model instead? Just because you have the fastest pitch doesn't make you the best pitcher. If you don't have rapport with the entire team and you don't have a strong defense and offense, winning an election is impossible. According to internal polls conducted by the KMT, both Ho and Ke can be the DPP. Featuring Mr. Terry Goh in the poll can alter the results quite significantly. There's a difference of at least five percentage points in every poll I've seen. Polls are just for reference. In some polls, I am ahead of Ke by a large margin. The KMT and TPP remain at loggerheads. With Ho skeptical of Ke's polls, doubts continue to hang over the viability of a blue-white alliance. Well, DPP presidential candidate Lai Qingde has unveiled his policies for national sports development. Speaking at the launch of a campaign group for athletes, Lai vowed to bolster Taiwan by building up its sports culture. If elected president, he plans to raise the annual sports budget to at least 20 billion NT, up from the current 13 billion. This is what he has to say. When President Tsai first came into office, the Sports Administration's annual budget was 8 billion NT, and now it is 13 billion NT. On this occasion, we will make a promise. If I become president, we will raise our budget, our sports budget, to at least 20 billion NT. I will establish a ministry for sports development. The Sports Administration and its predecessor, the Sports Affairs Council, have played an important role in sports development in Taiwan, but their purview has been somewhat limited to sports and education. Lai proposed a ministry that would promote sports among all age groups. He also proposed sports competitions for the general public, upgrades to Taiwan's coaching program for outstanding athletes, and the creation of, quote, Taiwan-branded international sporting events. The nine-day Taoyuan Flower Festival is set to kick off this Saturday. The festival offers eight hectares of flowers planted in playful pa- patterns that can be admired from the sky. There's also a five-meter-tall candy cottage installation for the little ones to explore. At a press conference promoting the event, Taoyuan Mayor Zhang Shanzheng encouraged the public to come to Taoyuan and enjoy the spectacular blooms. From high up in the sky, you can see a sailboat, a sun, and butterflies. The field is a veritable painter's canvas. Wade in to find a sea of flowers in pink, white, and orange. It's hard to resist taking photos from every angle. This is the Taoyuan Flower Festival, which kicks off on November 11th. 
At a press conference announcing the event, pint-sized ballerinas dart across the stage carrying flowers, transforming into fairies. Sporting flower-shaped sunglasses, Taoyuan Mayor Zhang Shanzheng invited the public to visit Dashi and experience the spectacle. Come over to Yuemei in Dashi District to see fields of beautiful flowers covering the ground. This time, we have an art installation, a candy cottage that kids are sure to like. Now in its ninth edition, the nine-day Taoyuan Flower Festival will kick off on November 11th. This year's theme is Dreamy Wonderland. There will be eight hectares of flower fields, making this the largest festival yet. The blooms have been arranged in more than 20 landscape artworks. Here in Dashi, we opened the Northern Cross Island Highway Visitor Center, and last week we also opened the Botanical Garden. Dashi is gorgeous now, and there are so many attractions to visit, so I'd like to invite all Taoyuan residents to come visit the Taoyuan Flower Festival. Planting flowers on fallow fields can help keep the soil fertile. When paired with DIY activities, it can also turn fields into a landmark that draws more visitors to Taoyuan. Restaurant groups are adopting new tactics in this post-pandemic economy. Demand for eateries is high and many restaurants are opening new locations. Some restaurants conglomerates take up an entire building of a department store to open several of their brands on different floors. That's the case in Taoyuan's Linko district at Changgeng Memorial Hospital Station. Marketing experts say this strategy is a bid to create critical mass and make the location the place to eat out. Let's go to Taoyuan to learn more. A cute Hello Kitty sculpture takes a milk bath. Pink broth is added along with vegetables and strips of beef for a super girly hot pot. The hot pot company has moved into Global Mall Taoyuan A8 and has a promo to attract business. In the store next door is another restaurant from the same conglomerate. Multiple brands from the same group have opened up in Global Mall Taoyuan A8 and taken up an entire building. The first floor is a hot pot restaurant. The second floor, a burger joint, and they have to be neighbors. They're confident about the mall at Chonggong Memorial Hospital Station. The area is very well developed in terms of amenities, and lots of residents of Taipei and New Taipei moved here in recent years, increasing consumer power. So the group has chosen to take up the whole building in the hope of growing critical mass. And another conglomerate has designs on Linko. It's also brought in two brands in concert. One side of the building is a barbecue restaurant, and the other offers Nabamono. Since the pandemic, our store expansion plan has gone in the direction of taking up an entire building. We currently have plans like that in Taipei and Taichung, and we will also replicate this model in Kaohsiung. In general, it's a unification plan. Each floor is basically made up of restaurants, which means they're less likely to disturb each other. From another perspective, by taking over the whole building, they can make economies of scale. The demand for restaurants in Taiwan is still high, and it's bringing lots of restaurant groups into new locations on the street. Ahead of the 2024 election, China has threatened to suspend its free trade agreement with Taiwan, known as ECFA, or the Economic Cooperation Framework Agreement. On Wednesday, a lawmaker asked the executive yuan how it would respond if Beijing makes good on its threat. Executive yuan Secretary General Li Mengyan said that if China suspends ECFA, Taiwan's petrochemicals, machine tools and steel would be hardest hit. 
He said the economics ministry has met extensively with industry leaders, exploring ways to reduce reliance on the Chinese market. The government is studying strategies for production capacity and enhancing product differentiation, such as by leveraging smart technology and green energy. Today, we take you to a Taipei restaurant that serves up delicacies from Caribbean countries. In November and December, diners can enjoy eight Saint Lucian dishes. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang takes us in for a look. This is Saint Lucia's national dish: green figs and salt fish. You can now have a taste of it in Taiwan. Salt fish, cilantro, parsley, garlic, pepper, and onion are added to the pan to stir fry. Green figs, also known as green bananas, are added alongside the salt fish. Green bananas are Saint Lucia's largest export. The dish is served in various ways, using different types of fish and paired with a range of side dishes. Uh, the most recent dishes will be the salt fish. Actually, the salt fish is the traditional way to uh, to preserve the their their the fishing. So they, they make the the fish dried. A very very dried codfish. Before you use that, you have to make sure it soaks enough water to become soft again, and to, and also make sure that the the salt the saltiness is not too strong. Then you can uh, start to cook it. And the, the very specialty is they have to enjoy with their local plantain, which we replace by our local uh, banana, but our ripened banana to imitate the the uh, unsweetness taste of their local plantain. Then there is stewed pork and ground provisions. Pork is the main meat of choice for Saint Lucians and is served stewed, roasted, or barbecued. Large pieces of pork are marinated and then shimmered with garlic, onions, coriander, ginger, bell peppers, and various spices. Locals eat it with cassava. In Saint Lucia, uh, the stewed pork can be served with uh, the yoga, also can be called mandioca or cassava. And stewed pork, the color is by uh, they they have they have a very uh, special. Uh, ingredient called browning, which use their uh, sh- uh, cane sugar to make it uh, li- uh, to to make sure it's criminalized and have the color of the deep brown, which can give the pork and every other ingredient which cook with that a very special outlook as well as the taste. For dessert, there is coconut cake. The menu is a two-month promotional offering at a Taipei restaurant. And this time we are able to come up with a solutions embassy. We feel have especially the ambassador's wife, and they help us very much a lot during this uh, development of the dishes. We have to first uh, getting the, getting information, and then we taste. We uh, try to make it and we ask them to invite them to come here to try. And then this now even ended. We have to uh, even send more like a sample to the embassy. There will be various times to verify the taste, which is uh, can represent the solutions dishes. Camilo Chang founded the restaurant in 2015. He began partnering with embassies of Taiwan's Caribbean allies in 2021 to recreate authentic dishes in hopes of helping people in Taiwan better understand the nation's allies. 
start to have this idea to cooperate with different embassy and the different local uh, Latino community because of the pandemic. Because during the pandemic, we are unable to really travel there to study the dishes. So since 2000, uh, since 2021, we start to cooperate with each embassy and each like a uh, uh, economic office in Taiwan to develop new dishes. We were trying to finish all the countries, all the typical cuisine of all Central, South, and the Caribbean countries. So it's uh, still a half journey waiting for us. The restaurant's culinary months have featured dishes from 12 countries such as St. Kitts and Nevis, Belize, Haiti, and St. Vincent and the Grenadines. Now, St. Lucia is in the spotlight for November and December. Chang hopes to continue to develop authentic cuisines for more Central and Southern Caribbean countries in the future. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang and Zen Chen Luo in Taipei. Hong Kongers love Taiwan and the numbers prove it. From this January to September, Hong Kong was the largest source of visitors to Taiwan with more than 779,000 arrivals. So what makes Taiwan so appealing? Here's what some of the visitors have to say. This is my third time here, and next month I'll be back for a marathon. Taiwan is a very quick trip. It's just over an hour away. That's the main reason. It's my third visit. Taiwanese people are nice. Whenever I get lost, I ask for directions and people will tell me where to go. That's the best part. I'm on my second trip to Taiwan. Mainly I'm here for the food, and it's a convenient location. It's a quick trip over. There are many delicious places to explore. Hong Kongers are interested in the Taiwanese lifestyle, particularly in the daily habits of locals. They want to experience the Taiwanese way of life. It's something they're very interested in. As for other top sources of visitors to Taiwan, number two on the list is Japan, followed by South Korea, the U.S., Vietnam, Malaysia, Singapore, Thailand, the Philippines, and China. The internet has been captured by an image of a motorcycle overgrown with a wild vine. Ji'an Township Representative Yu Zhenghua took the image in his hometown in Hualien. The abandoned motorbike has been overgrown with mountain bitter melon, creating a highly arresting street-side scene. The image has drawn attention to the melon, which is a traditional ingredient in indigenous Amis cuisine. A luxuriant green vine climbs over what seems to be a garden wall, but actually it's a motorbike. Representative for Ji'an Township Yu Zhenhua recently posted on Facebook a photo of the bike that seemed to have been stationary for a long time. It's been overgrown by vines. Commenters joke that the bike must have gotten good sniper training to be so proficient at camouflage. I saw this heap of foliage from far off and I wondered what it was. I thought it was some kind of camouflage jacket or cloak from a survival game or a military game, but when I went over to look, it wasn't the case. It looks like the bitter melon leaves my mother cooks. I actually think it's very special. Perhaps nobody has ridden it for six months. It really looks like how we did when we were camouflaged in military service. The plant is mountain bittermelon, a wild vine used in traditional Amis cooking. It's slightly smaller than a standard bittermelon, but it's highly nutritious and full of vitamins and minerals. 
就是叫它瓜中钻石。We call it the diamond of melons. The whole thing can go into a dish, and then normally older people use it to make soup or cold salads. This diamond of melons is a strong grower, even finding a home on an abandoned bike on this street. The unusual sight has brought a fresh perspective to many local community residents. Nyangja Monascus capsule has won a Nutra Ingredients Asia Award, known as the Oscars of the Nutrition World. The capsules were recognized as the Botanical Product of the Year, becoming the category's first ever winner from Taiwan. Ling Xianlan, who leads the veteran biotech brand Nyangja, flew to Singapore to accept the award. And the winner is Formosa Television and Sunway Biotech. Nyangjia Manaskas capsule has won a top international prize. Brand head Ling Xianglan was elated to accept a Nutra Ingredients Asia Award, known as the Oscars of the Nutrition World. Nyangjia Manaskas capsule won Product of the Year in the botanical category. I'm thrilled to be in Singapore today to receive this international level Oscar for healthcare products. I'm truly so moved and thrilled. When they made the announcement, our entire team screamed. I really want to thank National Taiwan University Professor Pan Ziming for his 20-plus years of research. It's because of his work that we were able to make such an outstanding product and look after the nation's health. The Nutra Ingredients Asia Award is a prestigious industry competition. At the sixth edition held in Singapore, 180 companies vied for 16 awards. Nyangja Manaskas Capsule, a collaboration between the Nyangja brand and Sunway Biotech Company, was recognized during rigorous assessments by an independent industry panel. The product is the first entry from Taiwan to win in the botanical category. The awards competition organizer revealed some of the ways it stood out. So the judging is supposed to be confidential, but what I can say that all of our winners are deemed to have that special X factor. So it is either real strong evidence of commercial success, real quick market growth, and as well as being able to show that all of their products are backed by solid science, solid research, and really meeting the public health needs of consumers. This light of Taiwan is shining bright on the world stage. We hope to continue developing products and introducing them to the public to give people products that they can use with confidence. Products recognized by global awards. Small but mighty, the little red Nyangja Manaskas capsule has catapulted onto the global stage. The brand vows to continue its commitment to the healthcare industry and the well-being of its customers.